DJ PK, brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday at The Warehouse from 2 to 7. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Time now to welcome back Andy Bailey, NBA analyst for Bleacher Report. He's joined us many times before. He joins us now, and we have many questions. Andy, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Uh, We're good. We're good. We are intrigued by the final three regular season games and everything that is in stake, and then the potential playoff matchups, of which there are still too many to consider. But right out of the gate, I am curious... uh, are you with us in that the first-round matchup is probably going to be very difficult for the Jazz unless the San Antonio Spurs average 146 points per night from here until the start of the playoffs and become the eight seed because the Jazz seem to have the Spurs number pretty good. But whether it's the Blazers, the Lakers, the Warriors, don't sleep on the Grizzlies, that is going to be a difficult first-round matchup. There's no walk in the park there. Yeah, there's probably no walk in the park. Um, you know, the West is deep, and that's, you know, obviously not new. That's kind of been the case for 20, 25 years now. Um, so just getting the number one seed isn't, you know, you don't have a cakewalk to the second round. I, I'm not as worried about the Warriors as some other people might be. Um, if Utah has Conley and Mitchell, I think that's a, a very uphill battle for the Warriors. I mean, you obviously can't count out. Stephen Curry, who could go for you know forty, fifty points on any given night, um, but the the supporting cast for that team, I think, really falls off a cliff after Draymond, after their top two guys. I and mean, they'll they'll get random solid performances from Kent Bazemore. He's had a nice season. I think Wiggins has been better this season. Um, but if if everybody's fully healthy, and I guess that's not a given for Utah, um, I, I do think Utah's a pretty clear favorite there. The other teams you mentioned, Portland and, and L.A., are obviously going to be problematic. I, I think the Jazz would be a fairly comfortable favorite over Portland, too, but Damian Lillard is dangerous, not not quite like Stephen Curry, but obviously can go off. And I like their supporting cast a little bit better than Golden State's, and I, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the Lakers. If that winds up being the first-round matchup for the Jazz, I mean, that's that's sort of the doomsday scenario. I do think they can beat a fully healthy Lakers squad, Um but they, they might not even be favored in that series. So do you feel like it's going to be the Warriors at 8 and the Lakers at 7? What are your thoughts there? Well, like you said, it's it's almost impossible to gauge where everybody's going to land right now, and I've, I've kind of stayed out of that realm for pretty much the whole time I've covered the NBA because so much can happen on a – night-to-night basis. I mean, it looked like the Jazz were were a shoe-in for the number one seed before last night's loss. And they're still, I, I just looked at this this morning, I think even with that loss, they're like a 90% chance to stay at number one. Um, but the added wrinkle this season is that there's the play-in tournament too. So we've got all the different machinations that are going to happen over the next three or four days, plus things can shake up again in the play-in tournament. So I think if you're the Jazz, um you probably have to kind of look at all those teams that you just mentioned. Um, you know, and it's, it's maybe impossible to dive in in terms of preparation on each and every one of them. Um, but in the back of your head, there's, there's the, the possibility that you could play any of those teams. The Spurs would obviously, if, if they fell into number eight and the Jazz stayed at one, I think, like you said, that'd probably be the, the big jackpot uh, for the Jazz. I think they'd handle that series pretty well. And I think they're in decent shape against Memphis and, 
probably Golden State. Um, but there are just so many different ways that it could go over the next few days. And this this is kind of a, a tangent at this point, but I, I think this is part of what has made the play-in tournament such a good call by the NBA. Um, the level of excitement around the league right now um, is just off the charts uh, with all these different possibilities and fewer teams tanking and a bunch of teams trying to get into the playoffs. Um, I just think there's so much intrigue right now. It's, it's going to be really fun to pay attention to this last week. We're joined right now by Andy Bailey, NBA analyst for Bleacher Report. So I'm curious as you watch the Jazz, and nobody really, only they know for sure, and I wonder even how much information they wish they had that they don't have yet, but i got to admit I'm a little concerned by how long Donovan's been out. Uh, is there any concern with you that, hey, he could be back for the playoffs and he's out five weeks, scrape the rust off for the first round, but he'll he'll be in the flow pretty well and playing at a high level and I'm just up chasing ghosts? Or uh, more people should be concerned about how long he's been out? I, th- I think it's probably fair to have at least some concern. Um it's not easy to knock off the rust in a game or two. Like you mentioned, you know, it can take time to get back up to game speed. You can try to simulate um, conditioning as much as you can, but there's, I think there's always a difference between game action and running on a treadmill or, you know, playing five on five pickup or in practice or whatever the case may be. Um, I think there's, it's, it's encouraging to know that it's a grade one sprain and not, something worse and that makes me think that you know maybe they're just being abundantly cautious with him so that he will be full strength and and maybe won't be feeling any sort of pain um when he jumps back on the floor so that's it's kind of a fine line to walk i think it's fair to have concern but it it could also be a lot worse i i do think there's maybe even more concern for mike Conley because the hamstring thing um that has crept up on multiple occasions during his two seasons with the jazz. And it's, you know, it, it seems like one of those injuries that you can randomly tweak here or there and, and maybe doesn't fully go away unless you have an off season to rest it. Um, and I think, you know, there are certain series where Utah's probably going to need both of those guys. Um, they, when they're both healthy, they're one of the better backcourts in the league. Um, and that certainly helps them match up better with a team like Portland. Um, it makes defense a little tougher on the Lakers, obviously, so you want both of those guys healthy. Um, I, I think I'd have slightly more concern on Conley, um, just to be honest. And he's up there in age, too. Um, you know, not to throw that at him, but it's it's a concern when you're a professional athlete. So there's there's certainly some worry there. Um, but I, I get the sense that Utah is just being super cautious with both of those guys. Rank your favorites one through five in the West. Ooh, assuming, yeah, assuming, I like it. <laughs> assuming there's health. Yeah, that's tough. If, if I assume full health, um, regardless of where the Lakers land, I would probably put them first. Um, it, the the chemistry between LeBron and AD and the way the rest of those guys play defense, um, I think they still have a very, very – high ceiling. Um, so I would probably go with them first. I'm tempted to say Clippers second, but I, you know, I can't quite shake the, the mental stuff with them. That was clearly on display in the last postseason, Um, and they may have exercised some of that in the off season, but I, (laughs) 
I'm going to cheat and well, I I, I want to cheat and do tears, but I'm actually going to put Utah second. Um, then I would put the Clippers third, Suns fourth, and probably Dallas fifth. Um, you know, Denver has the basically the presumptive MVP at this point, but as soon as they lost Jamal Murray, I kind of had to knock them out of the legitimate title contender tier. Um, so I feel fairly confident going, I think I said Lakers, Jazz, Clippers, Suns, Mavericks. It's a pretty good list right there, Andy. Of course, the problem with that list is it assumes complete health. Those were the guidelines you were given. Yeah. And there's too many injured guys now for me to think we're going to see a completely healthy playoff. So although that list yeah, is great, I don't think that list is very linked to reality because there are going to be injuries. There, there are going to be injuries. Um for sure. And I, and I know that the league came out, and I think it was through an ESPN story, and said that they haven't seen any more injuries this season uh, statistically than they do typically. And maybe maybe it just felt like more because there were so many high-profile guys that went down, and it seems like they all went down at the same time. Um, but it, it does seem like with the condensed schedule, um, you know, and the, the health and safety protocols and all the, you know, unique things about this season – I would be pretty surprised if, you know, everybody is back to full strength for the playoffs and stays that way. Um, and, and that's not really exclusive to this season either. I mean, there are always injuries that, that pop up in the playoffs. I mean, a lot of the Golden State Warriors doubters will still point to all the injuries that happened in their path in the 2014-15 title. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, there will certainly be health problems for some teams. For Jazz fans who are listening to this show, um, you know, maybe they can take some solace in the fact that I think Utah is probably one of the deeper teams of those five that I named. Um, you know, they've they've obviously played pretty well with Conley and Mitchell both out here recently. They lost that game on the road last night, but the fact that Bogdanovich kind of looks like his old self, maybe even better than his old self during this stretch, and um, you know, Ingles is obviously very comfortable running the offense, and there are guys who can step up and, and provide a little bit more in the absence of one or two of the stars. I mean, I think the the apocalypse for Utah is if Rudy Gobert goes down, and Derek Favors is maybe the best backup center in the league, but he's not the defensive player of the year and an all-NBA caliber player. So injuries could impact a bunch of teams, but if there, there are squads that are kind of set up to withstand it, Utah might be one of those. Andy Bailey joining us, NBA analyst for Bleacher Report. So I'm curious as you watch this uh, as you watch this play out. Now that you have assuming health, now assume the injuries you assume and tweak your playoff list. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so I I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier, and I do think that Utah's just being really cautious with Conley and Mitchell, um, and you know I there there's like a subconscious element in me that thinks. It's it's really hard to pick teams that haven't done it before. Um, but the numbers side of me says that Utah's numbers are just overwhelming. Um, statistically, they are a dominant, dominant team. Um, and so if I, if I plug into the objective side of my brain, I'd probably have to go with Utah there. I just, you know, <laughs> the way that they shoot the three and the way that they defend, I think they're just so well-crafted as a roster. Um, you know, and they could go cold for two or three games in a series, but I don't think they'll go cold for four. Um, so I think I think with the amount of firepower they have and the depth that they have, I would actually probably put them first. 
Um, Lakers probably second still um, because, you know, I, I think they're probably being fairly cautious too, but at the same time, um, I think you got to start to wonder about LeBron's ankle a little bit, and, and Anthony Davis certainly has a history of getting nicked up here and there. Um, and they're, they're one injury. I don't think they're as deep as Utah, so they're one injury away from, you know, possible catastrophe. Uh, after that, I'd probably go Clippers still and then Suns and Mavs. So maybe all I did there was just flip the Jazz and the Lakers. What is the Jazz kryptonite? Is it just going cold collectively as a team? Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, and it's it's really hard to quantify this, but I do think there is an element to, you know, the guys that have been there and done this before. And it's, you know, nothing is going to surprise Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. Um, and, I you know, I maybe could have said that last year and then they got surprised by the Nuggets. So <laughs> that maybe, maybe nothing's off the table. But, you know, LeBron and AD have been all the way through all of this. Um, you know, Chris Paul obviously hasn't made it to the finals, but he's, but he has a ton of playoff experience. Um, you know, I, I think experience probably is a bigger bugaboo for them, uh, the songs than it is for the jazz. But, you know, I, I think you identified maybe the biggest thing. They just go on a crazy cold streak for four out of seven games. Um, and that's obviously a big problem for them, but then experience is, is trouble too. And I, I would put that further down on the list. Um, just because Conley's been through a ton of playoff battles, Gobert has now been pretty well playoff tested. Uh, Donovan Mitchell last season did stuff in the playoffs that didn't seem possible <laughs> with multiple 50-point games in a single series. So I think he's ready for the playoffs. Um, so, you know, again, this is sort of like the, the subconscious or subjective take versus the objective take. Um because again, it, it's hard to measure. You know, this this is what this amount of experience does for you in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I would say probably some combination of those two things, just going really cold and and maybe not getting real deep into the playoffs as a unit yet. What about the theory that the Jazz are vulnerable to a team with long, athletic wings? They switch a lot. Maybe they switch everything. They're going to get a lot of deflections, and they're going to turn them into fast breaks. I think that's fair. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of people have pointed out that there's going to be a lot asked of Royce O'Neal against teams like that. You know, like the, I, you're probably alluding at least in part to the Clippers. Um, and, and there certainly will be. I think a lot of the people that are sort of pounding that drum are underestimating Joe Ingles as a defender. Um, you know, he can stay in front of those wings, I think, better than people realize. And, um, you know, he's, he's become so savvy as a pick-and-roll ball handler too and you know obviously being defended by Kawhi or Paul George or you know playoff LeBron that's no picnic um but Joe Ingles has been through a lot of battles too so I think they they have some decent counters for that I'm a little worried about the lack of size in the backcourt with Conley and Mitchell I, I think that could be a problem against teams like that um but I I just can't help but keep going back to the numbers and how just absurd this jazz team is as a shooting team um and just think that you know they they may have two or three games like that but they're also going to have games where they make you know 19 threes and shoot 45 percent from three and and how do some of those teams keep up with that um so it's I, i think they just have good counters for for basically everything this goes back again to what i was saying that this team is just 
it's built so well and so balanced. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Utah got beat by, you know, any of the teams that we've been talking about here just because the West is so good. Um, but they really have built a roster that can kind of counter anything at this point. Well, Andy, we appreciate a few minutes. As always, we look forward to talking to you in the postseason. All right. Thanks, guys. Andy Bailey, NBA analyst for Bleacher Report. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.